Welcome to Is This Good, the show where we boldly, conclusively, and scientifically decide what things in this big wide world are good. I'm Matt Austin, and with me as always is production powerhouse Jason Doyle. Hello! Hi, JD. And, he goes by many names, Red Rocket, Red Mamba, Sandwich Hunter, Coach B, but you know him best as a 12-year NBA vet, two-time NBA champion, and at 6'10 with red hair, the man who could most credibly play the Schwarzenegger to my DeVito in a Twins remake, it's Matt Bonner. (laughs) Matt, welcome to Is This Good? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, You know, Matt, you and I go way back, so... It's really cool to watch your career and all your success, and super happy to be on. Um, Well, we're happy to have you. Where are we finding you right now? I'm in Sacramento, California. We're in the middle of a West Coast swing with the San Antonio Spurs. I'm on the broadcast team. It's 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 a great gig. It's so much easier than being a coach or a player. You just show you know show up, (laughs) do the broadcast, and go home. You're not. You know, coach. You don't have to deal with coaches' meetings, work, working out, guys. But you don't even have to go to practice. It, it, it couldn't get any better. <laughs> so, are you actually having fun when you go on the road? Are you like going out trying new dinner spots, things like that, or are you basically staying around the hotel? No, I, I try to go out and have adventures. I, I, I love walking. If I can find a city bike, I'll ride a bike all around the city. I'll even do the bird scooter. It doesn't matter. I, I get out and explore, especially after the two years with the pandemic working remotely, being cooped up. It's nice to be back to normal. Do you have a favorite NBA city that you go to on road trips? A favorite NBA city? I really like Portland, Oregon. It it reminds me of what Austin was when I first got to San Antonio. Just a a lot of Uh character, weirdness, uniqueness. People (laughs) express themselves. There's really good record shops, t-shirt shops, um, bookstores, live music. It's a cool place to go visit and and just see what's going on. Just before we start, as I mentioned off the top, one of your nicknames is the Sandwich Hunter. And perhaps the most on-brand thing ever, you warned us that you had ordered a sandwich via Uber Eats and that it got delayed. And at some point during this recording, it is going to come to your hotel and you will have to leave and retrieve it. What what kind of a sandwich is this? I got a gobbler. That's what we call them up in New England. It's like the Thanksgiving-themed sandwich, so... (laughs) It's on cranberry bread, which I, th- I think was a cool touch. Usually you don't see that very often. Yeah. And it has, you know, turkey, stuffing, cranberry mayo, uh, you know, all the Thanksgiving ingredients in the sandwich. Uh, one of my all-time favorite sandwiches, and I, especially this time of year, I just, I'm crushing a lot of gobbler sandwiches. Wow. <laughs> All right. It's it's hidden home. I have to say, though, even though you're crushing gobbler sandwiches, it looks like you're at playing weight right now. Is that correct? Uh, I've lost 20 to 25 pounds from when I played. Well, you're below wow. playing weight. Yeah, because when I played in like, you know, the mid 2000s, power forward was actually a power forward. Like I was going up against someone Nine times out of nine nights out of ten, that was six eight, six nine, two sixty, and it, the game was really physical. Boxing out on foul shots was like a royal rumble, and I had to not artificially inflate my size and weight, but pay close attention to lifting weights, eating weight gainer, creatine. Remember those days? I, I just oh, yeah. I had to weigh like two forty five to survive. Even though I on offense, I was mostly on the perimeter. I still had to guard those guys. And I still had to box them out. So I, I was 
I, I was always in the weight room, always trying to put weight on. And then once I stop playing, I don't have to lift weights as much. I don't, I don't, you know, eat pro drink protein shakes and any of that. I do a lot more cardio and I lost like 20 pounds and I'm like, Oh, I think this is like how I'm supposed, like my natural body size and shape. But, uh, all those years, if, if I, if I was like this back then, I would have got eaten alive. If I played now, this is why, how they, you, they want you, right? Well, you, you heard it here first. Uh, weight loss secret, do less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now, just don't lift weights. A uh, quick bit of housekeeping before we get started. If you have topics for a future show, email us at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok. I can't even wow. believe that I'm saying that. Yeah, follow us at <laughs> isthisgoodpod. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, review us on your podcasting apps, and while you're at it, tell a friend or family member about the show, steal their phone, subscribe for them, it'll be fun. All right, Matt, the premise of the show is very simple. Here's all it is. I'm going to give you a topic, and you're going to tell me if you think it's good. Are you ready to go? Let's do it. Okay. Sandwich has not yet arrived. But I will keep all our listeners posted on all sandwich activity. All right. So Matt J asks, letting kids win at games, is this good? It, it is. You got to balance it, right? I have three kids. And am I just going to go crush them at Candyland or whatever, Monopoly? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. You got to learn how to win and you got to learn how to lose. So you don't want to like mm. just completely destroy your kid's confidence. But at the same time, you got to beat them once in a while so they learn how to react. That's my advice. Okay. So when you, when you pull back and you're like, oh, uh, you beat me at, you know, Monopoly or Candyland or I guess Monopoly is some, somewhat random, but you beat them at a game. Do they know that you're not trying as hard as you could be? I, I always keep it close. Like if I'm, if I'm playing basketball with my son who's 10 – we're, go we're doing like around the world or something. I, I I could obviously just go right around and back and win in five seconds, but I won't do that. I'll, I'll miss on purpose or I'll chance it and miss on purpose and have to start over. I'll, I'll, I'll even if I'm going to beat them, I'll make it competitive. So again, you don't want to just completely demoralize a kid. Like that's not right. You know how you hear like a lot of people say, Oh, I played my, my dad at basketball in the driveway and he beat me for the first, you know, 16 years of my life but then one day i beat i finally beat him and that's when i knew i was a man is that an experience that you had on your basketball journey i did my dad w was six seven two seventy he was a mailman i used to say he was the biggest mailman in the country and he played <laughs> high school basketball he played he was in the army he played for his platoons team uh and I guess they had a good team. He was stationed in Germany in the seventies and like they'd play all the platoons in the, uh, all the army platoons around Europe. And like he said, they were the best team. Uh, I don't know how much I believe that most of his army stories remind me of the script from stripes. But, uh, <laughs> but my point is like six, seven, two seventy. I got to the point where I was better than him, but in one-on-one -on -one, I couldn't beat him. Because he would just get – once he got the ball, he'd just back me in, barrel me over, and score. There's, like, nothing I could do about that. No matter what, how hard I gave him the arm bar and pushed, he was going to physically mm -hmm. move me underneath the hoop and score. 
And then uh, finally, I, I, I want to say I was like 12 or 13. I had enough length to like strip them or steal it from them once in a while. I was never going to out physical them. And then I could get the ball and then he couldn't get it back. I could get 10 straight and that was a wrap. And once I beat him, he never played me again. He's like, that's oh, it. He's like, you, you finally, you finally beat me. You finally, you're, you know, you're better than me now. It's pointless to play me. And, and but yeah, it was a great <laughs> feeling. And I want, you know, I want my kids to have that feeling with me. And I tell my son that he's like, I'm never going to be able to beat you. You played in the NBA. You're way taller. Blah blah. I'm like, eventually <laughs> someday you're going to beat me. Like it might, it might not be till I'm 80, but at some point you're going to be able to beat me and think of how good it's going to feel. Because uh, you know I'm not I'm not just going to let you win. To what you were asking earlier, like I'm not just going to let you win. Like you're going to have to earn it. And I think that satisfaction at, for for a kid, anyone who's played basketball probably if they've experienced that, they remember that seminal moment in their life where they could finally beat their old man, and it's a great feeling. Yeah, that's that's true. That I guess if your kid doesn't turn out to be great at basketball, then it is really going to be your age that lets him finally get one over right. on you. So you're you're at like you're at eighty. He's carting you out on the wheelchair to the court in front of the house <laughs> and being like, "Get up, Dad!" Time is undefeated. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so going to be in my old. rascal. I'm going to be going around in <laughs> exactly hitting hook shots. Yeah, you still got enough length that in a rascal, I think I think you get up and contest. I got, yeah, I got a hook shot. JD, where are you on this one? Do you, I feel like you destroy your children at games. Is this correct? Uh, I try to, I have, uh, I differ from Bonner in this. I have never, ever let them win anything. I try, I have tried to destroy them in every game that we've ever played. Now, <laughs> what's the philosophy there? <laughs> philosophy is to crush their spirit and make them <laughs> know that their old man is the greatest. No, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, well, first of all, I am not a skilled person. I did not play in the NBA, so the first time my kid beat me in around the world was he was probably six or seven. So there's that. But also, I, you know. I never – I think maybe it was because my dad was like that. I have never still to this day beat my dad in a game of chess ever like – or backgammon for that matter. And there's a certain amount of there's luck. There's a lot of luck to backgammon. Yeah, but I just can't beat him. So I'm I'm the same way with my kids. And, uh, and I think they're better for it. Um, every time I play Risk with Lincoln, he destroys me every single time. Uh, so, you know, the only thing I have now they're, they're, they're 16 and 14. The only thing I have over them now is trivia and that's going fast too. Like Lincoln knows a lot and Jackson does too. So if, if, uh, in a, in a game of trivial pursuit or any kind of trivia, that's the only thing I can still, uh, bet on myself to win. But other than that, um, they're they're destroying me, and I think it's because I was never easy on them. Never, never easy on them. So um, I we, tried to make we, it fun. I was never like a dick about it. <laughs> right. We we uh. There's a court where it, where our place is in the summer in New Hampshire, and my son and his friends will will shoot around in that court, and I'll 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 give them like a game. I'm like, all right, we're gonna play full court. One on, it's like one on four. Me versus these like four or five kids. And we're going to play a game full court to 20. And I've never let him win. But I always win, to your point, like 20 to 18 
or 20 to right. I'll even win by one. Like I'll keep it really close except this one time. I don't know. I, I missed a few shots in a row. And one of the kids was like, Oh, I thought you played in the NBA. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Now it's on. I didn't, I didn't let them get one dribble off. Steal bucket, steal bucket, steal bucket. I beat them like 20 to nothing in like one minute. And I'm like, that's right. I did play in the NBA. Like, you gotta let them know, like, I'm not going a hundred percent against some 10 year old kids. Like, right. But you just, you just forced my hand there. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess he did play in the NBA. That's right. That competitiveness never leaves you. you know? Exactly. That's, that's, that's right. What about just a little bit of a side question here, Bonner. Let's say you're playing pickup for fun against someone who's shorter than you. And pretty much everyone that you're playing pickup is going to be shorter than you. How do you feel about swatting the ball right in their face? Is that something that you're like, fine, I'll, I'll get hot from three, but I'm not going to just swat it right back at them. I'll swat it if, if they deserve it. Like if they're being okay, a ball so hog it's... or, you know, not being a good teammate or having a negative energy in the game or talking trash, then you're, you're going to get it. <laughs> Otherwise I'll let it go. Or if the game's on the line, I will not like, I mean, you were, we did that event in Toronto. Remember, uh, rock mm-hmm. the court. I think it was called. Yeah. I forget what it was called, but my team won the championship. No, it's the court. You're right. And we needed a bucket. And there was, you know, the way it worked is you had these like companies would spawn, uh, enter a team. So you're playing against like a team of accountants or lawyers or whatever. And I think it was in a, like a accounting firm. And you know, it was like a middle-aged woman. Not that they can't hoop. They can. Some can. But I, we needed a bucket. And I, I just went. I had to steal it from her. And then she tried to run me down on the break. And, and I dunked it, like, right on her. Uh, I and remember I, and I remember that just well. hanging. I remember, I believe it or not, I can dunk. And I remember hanging on the rim looking down. And she's, like, on her back. And I'm like, I just, it was such a conflicting feeling. Because on one hand, I'm like... I'm such a loser, but on the other hand, I'm like, but we got to win this game. So yeah, exactly. You know, the competitiveness exactly. wins. <laughs> All right, Matt. Before before the show, we poll people on Twitter to see where the where they are on these questions. So 56 percent of people say letting kids win at games is. What do you think? Good or not good? Not good. No, they said it's good. Huh. Okay. No, really? they said it's good. They're they're. They don't believe in building character, I guess. Uh, all right, moving on. Jess R. asks, texting an ex to say happy birthday. Is this good? Um, and I'll, I'll expand this to say, because the holidays are coming up, so texting an ex to say happy Thanksgiving. Texting an ex to say Merry Christmas. What do you think? What do you think of this move, Bonner? Well, why would you do that? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair question, but I guess that well, first of all, what if you what if you genuinely want to wish your ex girlfriend a happy birthday? The only reason I could think you would want to do it, I guess, it, two situations. One, if you broke up and you're single and you want to see if maybe she'd get back together with you, you can get a barometer. You know, you can just say something like that and see if you get a response and what type of response. Um, two, I guess if you were like married and you have kids together. And then you separate, like you still have a relationship because you have kids together and maybe you would say happy birthday. Otherwise, I don't see why you would do that. 
That's my opinion. Where are you on this one, JD? Yeah, I, I guess that my instinct at first is what's the harm in it? Um, but then it's kind of a loaded, especially if it's the only thing that you text them for the entire year, you know, like, oh, happy birthday. And if it's like a private DM, it seems like it could be it's, even it subconsciously, there might be something more behind it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. I think that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on most of the time. I would right. Guess. If you're, if you've moved on, if she's moved on and that text comes through, whoever you're with or whoever she's with is going to be like, is something going on? Like, why, why did this person right. text you that? Like, why is this person texting you happy birthday? It's not, it's not even your birthday. <laughs> yeah. uh, but exactly. There's like too many configurations where I think it goes wrong. Cause let's say you're completely over it. So that you're like, Hey, I just want to be nice. Send this happy birthday text. Right. But let's say they're not now. Now you basically ruined their birthday. Cause they're now they're in their head being like, what does this mean? Does right. he right. want to get back together? Is he trying to, is trying to open up? And I think, um, conversely, if you're not over it and you're using the happy birthday text as like a trial balloon, then that's not really a good way to go about it either because if the person might just think, oh, he's just texting happy birthday, they don't even respond or they just say thanks. And now you're kind of like, uh, you know, no closer to knowing anything. So I think it's best to just let it, let it lie. Because I think that, yeah, sorry, Did Jess R give any context for this? Because I'm wondering if we're going to cause problems <laughs> with our answers here. Uh, no, I don't think she's asking in any particular context. I just think this is incredibly common. Like, oh, I, okay. I don't know, JD, maybe this, the text is not like from when you were in your heavy dating days. No. Uh, and Bonner, <laughs> I know you've been married for a long time too. Uh, but this was never anything that came up. You, you, you broke up with someone. I mean, so I know it's happened to me many times where you're like, you know, you're no longer with a person, but it's their birthday. You know their birthday, so you're thinking of them. And then you're like... Well, I'm thinking of them. So to not send them a birthday text would be to actively pretend I'm not thinking about right. them. And is is that weird? So I think it is a, a moral quandary for a lot of people. Yeah. But I guess not for you, the, the stoic Matt Bonner. Yeah, I am very stoic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just don't see what the point is. What are you accomplishing by that? You know, it's time you move, you move on, move forward. Unless you're trying to go back and revisit that. What's the point? Okay, well, you guys are a lot better breaker-uppers than me, because I've I have been unfortunately in the past I have been a waffler, yeah. I have been a, a slide backer, and, and quite frankly, the relationship that I'm currently in was a um, well, I guess slide back is the worst possible way I could put it, but uh, <laughs> it it is a uh, it was a it's it's a second go of it. I it's a say. second. Yeah. A second chance at life, if you will. <laughs> yes, exactly. But there were two full years in the middle when we were broken up where I was like, I'm going to be good this time. I'm not going to create problems for her. I don't know where she is. I don't know what she's doing. And I didn't text her on her birthday. Our birthdays happen to be close together. They're like two weeks apart. And hers is before mine. So I wouldn't text her. I'd be like, hey, that was good. Then she doesn't have to think about it on her birthday. And then my birthday would come two weeks later and she wouldn't text me. And I'd be like... Oh, you know, it's, sometimes it's just nice to get a birthday text. Like, wow, well, you couldn't have just, uh, I know that you know it's my birthday. But, uh, of course, that's that's. But if you know that she knows uh, it's your birthday, why do you need her to text you if you know that she knows anyway? Like, for me, like, I, I think it's from being a ba professional basketball player. You're just trained to, like, You have mentioned forward. that. 
Like if you you turn the ball over, you miss an assignment or something, it's like, all right, learn from it, be better next time, move forward. And it like somehow that transfers into your personal life. Like it might, you know, it's funny you call me stoic. My wife says that all the time because like thing like something happens and I'm just like so quick to be like, all right, this, why did this happen? How did it happen? What can I learn from this to be better moving forward? All right. It's in the past. Flush it. We're moving forward. You know, I'm not going and revisit. I'm not waffling with anything. I'm not revisiting things. It's like, all right, next play. And that's, that's how my I've lived my life, I guess. And I think it's because of basketball. I see. I always thought that the reason that I didn't make the NBA was because I'm short and I suck at basketball. But now it's because I know that I don't know how to move forward. I'm not stoic enough. Yeah, you're letting that so turnover is... affect your next three plays. God, you couldn't be more right, Matt Bonner. <laughs> As they say, in basketball, always move forward, unless you're on defense, in which case, move backwards. That's right. <laughs> I wish my wife called me stoic. She calls me dead inside. <laughs> 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 it, it is a fine line, I guess. It really uh, is. Eighty-one uh, percent of people say texting an ex to say happy birthday is not good. So, man, JD, everyone is uh, stoic like you. But I, I, um, I also don't think it's good. I just admit that I am a frail human who has done it in the past. <laughs> but I don't think it's a good idea to do. Um, all right, Matt. Believe it or not, this next question has been emailed in by four different people, not specifically for you, but just over the course of doing the show, I collect the topic suggestions. So people really want to know about this one. Uh, Cohen B, Nico S, Josh S, Ashley B, all want to know, backing into parking spots, is this good? So we're not talking about parallel parking. We're talking about a parking lot or a parking, multi-level parking garage. Um, is backing into that spot good? Absolutely. My, I mentioned my dad was a mailman. Part of mailman training or standards, at least back then, <laughs> yeah. you always parked your mail truck by backing in. Uh, it drastically reduces the chances of an accident. Backing out of a parking spot is much more stressful than backing into a parking spot and uh, in, in much less chance of hitting someone. I mean, I guess it's a little different now with reverse cameras and stuff, but, but still, you know, the only time you don't do it is if you're in a parking lot or a parking garage and there's someone right behind you because you put your blinker on, there's a spot you put your blinker on and you go past it and they follow you. Now they have to like back up and be, and you hit your reverse lights and it's like, Oh, and now they have to back up. And then what if someone's behind them, then that person has to back, it becomes this whole cluster. So as long as there's not someone like right behind you, you, then you can, then you should back in every single time. Absolutely. And there's no better feeling than when you come back to your car after going into the drugstore or whatever, and you just have to drive right out. Love that feeling. Preach. That's exactly right. <laughs> Everything you just said is correct. It's safer. If someone's behind you, go ahead and pull in. I've done the move where you, there's someone behind me. I pull in and then I pull out and back my car in again because I that, just – That seems excessive. Oh, okay. love backing in. <laughs> it's, it is excessive. It is excessive. It's my anal retentiveness. But backing in is definitely harder to do on the front end. But you're 100% right. 
backing out of a parking spot is way more stressful than backing into a parking spot. So it's 100% good. Uh, okay, well then fine. I guess it's to me to present the the other side here. Okay, go ahead. Um, I mean, obviously it's easier to pull into a spot than to back into a spot. Are we all agreed on that? Okay, sure, yeah. Okay, so you're so the time that you might save when you're exiting because you've parked backwards and your front is facing out is negated by the extra time that it's going to take you to park backwards in the first place. And I first started noting this, noticing this when we worked uh, at Turner and there was a giant multi-level parking lot. It's not something I'd ever thought of. And then in the morning when everyone would come at the same time, basically, there would be a line backed up in the parking lot of people like, Going forward, like you said, then backing up a bit. Oh, no, the line's not right. Backing forward. No, now I'm backing up. Now I'm backing up. And then for everyone that does that, that just pushes the line further back. And I'm like, just go in because at the end of the day, people aren't all leaving at the exact same time. So there's less oh, traffic. I don't think that's right, uh, Matt. I, you think it's like I the think... Flintstones that they pull that tail and everyone runs out of the quarry? Yeah. We we left later because we were hard workers, but at five o'clock, <laughs> that whole parking deck was backed up just as bad. Trust me, because I left one time at five, and it was crazy. So uh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, I guess people you aren't know, good at backing up. Right, but you once you get used to it, it to me, backing in is easier. You got your mirrors, you can see the parking lines, you can center it perfect. Uh, you know, to use a, another, I'm just going to apply basketball to all every one of these life questions <laughs> when a coach oh, pops did you play <laughs> one of coach pops like big things was do your work early you say it all the time whether it's on defense offense like like do your work early and then it makes the actual job easier and this is an example like do your work early by backing in and then when it's time to go you're, you're right out uh it's like it's like if you're going to put your clothes out for the next day before you go to bed. It's the same thing. Like, yes, it would be easier to just go to bed and deal with it in the morning. But if you put your clothes out and you wake up in the morning, it's just less stressful. It's just, it just makes it things smoother. Same thing here. When you're leaving the parking lot, it just makes it that much smoother. I don't know. That that is that sounds like some Coach Pop military BS. I mean, I love Coach Pop, respect the <laughs> hell out of him, but like I've never been stressed about what I'm going to wear that I mean that's the least of my concerns. Do your work early. I tell it to my kids all the time. Greg Popovich would definitely be a guy that would tell you you have to make your bed every morning so oh, you could yeah. start the day with a sense of order and accomplishment. <laughs> well, his other one was don't skip steps. Don't do your work early, don't skip steps. Don't take shortcuts. So I mean, those two principles you could apply to so much stuff in life, and I think this parking is one of them. Okay, well, Matt, we're unfortunately we're in America where everyone takes shortcuts. Uh, actually, AAA says uh, they polled people, and it's they said that three quarters of Americans go into parking spots head first. Yeah. Which which is interesting because I'll just say this now: when when I polled people on Twitter, sixty percent of people said backing into parking spots is good. So. Huh, 60% of people are saying it's good, but only 25% of people are doing it. Yeah, because they're they're skipping steps. They're taking the easy way out. They're That's skipping right. steps. Serious question, Matt, though. Did did Coach Pop, when you guys were on the road, knock on everyone's hotel room and make sure that their clothes were laid out for the next day? Yeah, and you had to bounce a quarter off the bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect. All right, next question. David S. asks, sent from my iPhone email signatures... Bonner, what do you think? Are these good? And do you have one? 
No, they're not good. But I think most people are completely oblivious that it even happens. Like, I don't even know. I mean, I emailed you for this. Did it say that? Like, I, I don't even honestly don't yeah, even know if I have it turned on or off. I hope it's off because it, it, what's the point? You know, <laughs> it is. Uh, this says, no, hey, it's off. You did it. Wow. Right. Congratulations. You went to those. You have to go and... into your phone and figure out where it is in the settings and turn it off. Like it, it's, it's kind of tricky. So a lot of people are just probably like, ah, who cares? That's the only reason it's there. Yeah, yeah, but Bonner, you played basketball in the 2010s, not the 1960s. You, I think it's you should know how to go into the settings. You know, you have any idea how many things in my phone where I'm like, <laughs> oh, I got to change this. I can't find it in the settings. And then you got to like Google, how do I, you know, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but like turn, turn I, the keyboard uh, clacking off when you touch the keys. <laughs> yeah, or for me, like. Like your credit card autofillers is like from like four credit cards ago. And I can't figure out how to change that or get it off and get my new one on. And I have to like Google where in the settings that is and how to like stuff like that. It's just, it's really complicated. I miss the good old days. Like just, you know, punch in the number and call someone. Like, can we get back to that? <laughs> Thank God you're not one of those people that, that uh, changed that. Uh, signature to be like something funny, like sent from my rotary phone or sent from a galaxy far, far away. Like that's, that's just sort of, I agree that sent from my iPhone email signatures are not good, but changing it. Like I like, you ever see someone that's like sent via carrier pigeon? Oh my, like what? I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what. No one do. changes their, their voicemail greeting. They just do the default one. That was like half the fun back in the day was like hearing what people's answering machine oh, message yeah. was. They screw it up or there's someone yelling in the background or whatever. And now, now it's just like the caller you have dialed is not available. Please leave a message. Yeah. Like if you're going to have individuality and creativity, let's bring that back. That's my opinion. Great. I, I truly do miss when you used to call someone and then you like, you would hear their voice going, hello. And you'd be like, hey, <laughs> hey man, what's up? And then you hear nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I am not able to take your call right now. Yeah. You know, like that. My, that classic. my thirteen-year-old my daughter has that on her cell phone voicemail. Gets me, and it still gets me like every other time. It's <laughs> like, hello. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, is your practice over? And then it's like, I can't make it to the phone exactly like you said. Got him. Uh, yeah. JD, where are you on this one? I say they're not. It's not good. I'm pretty sure mine's turned off. I, uh, to be honest, I rarely, rarely email anybody from my iPhone. To, uh, to be what honest. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking at my inbox right now on Gmail, and I have two thousand nine hundred and twenty-five unread emails. Uh, email is not the way to communicate with me. What? Clearly, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what what is the way to communicate with you, JD? Text, text. Text is your preferred. That's it. WhatsApp and text. Do you put read receipts on your text? No, God no. What is it? what is so, that? They just tell someone you read their text. Yeah, it'll it'll appear in a little notification under your text that it's been read, which is infuriating because. If you've asked somebody a question and you see that they've read it and you haven't heard back from them, that's why I don't have it on because I don't want to 
I don't want people to know that I read their text and I, I'm ignoring it for now. Who turns that on? Who wants people to know that? Why would you, anyone have that on? Yeah, but that's what, that's what I'm saying. You better go into your settings right now and see if it's on because, you know. <laughs> the other one is like sharing location. Like how many people am I sharing my location with? I have no idea. And they just know where I am. Yeah, I can see that you're at the uh, La Quinta Inn in Sacramento. <laughs> La Quinta, Spurs put you up in only the finest, yeah. only the finest places. Um, I think just generally, it was when when the iPhone came out in 2007. It was people left it on as a brag, like, "Hey, cool, I had an iPhone." Yeah. And then it became like, uh, "I'm not good at typing on my phone, so if I have typos, you know, now you know why." But I think it's truly pointless now. And I think anyone that has it on probably doesn't know that they have it on. I also think that emails that you send on your computer and emails that you send on your phone are basically the same length now. Like, we started using emails a lot. Like, remember people would write you an, e an email like they were, you know, writing you a letter from the yeah. front. Yeah. And now you don't just sit down and compose an email anymore. You just, you know, text someone short form ping pong back and forth. And that, that idea of like writing a long catch up email and someone reading it and responding just doesn't seem to happen anymore. Bonner, I see you looking down. Is it time for a sandwich alert? Yes. Your courier is here, Andrew. So I want to keep Andrew waiting. Andrew. Um, okay, yeah, go ahead. Out. Get that I will sandwich. Be right back. All right. All right. Good to have you back. Just to just to finish off on that last topic, 87% of people say sent from my iPhone email signatures are not good. So we're all aligned on that. Uh, Matt, we've got a few more topics to get to, and we'll explore them now in our mid-tempo speed round we call the chaotic good. All right, so here we go. Phil asks, shaving your chest hair, is this good? Has no one watched Seinfeld? Of course. Mm. No. You saw what happened to Kramer. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is an old wives' tale. I, I looked it up specifically to see, does shaving your chest hair make it grow back more? And every body grooming expert I read said no. Well, I, I can't get that episode out of my head. I will never <laughs> shave it all the way down. I think you should trim it. You should manscape okay. it. Yes. Um, Interesting. You know, get, Kind of like you would trim a beard, but not all the way down. You know, you got the, the stubble. Um, and then you, you you claim it's a wives' tale, but if not, it's just going to make it even worse. So I, I would I, I say yes, just not all the way. I, I actually agree with you. Shaving is a no-go because you have to do it so often to not get stubble, regardless of the growing back factor. But I want to say that it's not just all trimming that's good, I think. Don't go too low to the point where all the hair is short enough that it's going in the same direction. That looks very <laughs> creepy to me. Leave it long enough so that the natural curves and flow of your hair can still, uh, you know, be on display. I mean, at the same time, you, you got to do something. You don't want it like you're playing pickup hoops and you're on the skins team and you take your shirt off and everybody's looking at you like you still have a shirt on, you know. So you gotta you gotta do something. As well, if you are on the skins team and your hair is short and it's sunny outside, the sunblock will be able to get onto your chest more if you don't have as much hair there. So that's that's just a nice byproduct of it. Yeah, 
for sure. JD, where are you on this one? I've never done it. I've never, never, I'm not that hairy actually on my chest. Uh, I've, I've definitely, uh, I went as Carrie, uh, the movie Carrie for Halloween one time. So I did shave just uh, like under the dress sort of like just to the point of the dress, but there wasn't much there to begin with, but, uh. You know what? Uh, live your life. Be you. If you're a hirsute person, let let it all flat hang out. You know that's that's um, strong commitment to your costume, to your carry costume. Yeah. That you would shave it, <laughs> like you're 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 looking at the the costume like, man. You know, I need to shave my chest to complete this look. And then I poured corn syrup, red corn syrup, all over my head. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. It was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in a Halloween costume before. But uh... mine was I, I dressed up as He Man in like '86. I dressed up as He Man, and I had yeah. like it had the plastic mask that you couldn't see out of. And I remember <laughs> like walking around and I couldn't see anything. And I walked into a concrete planter right in the shin. It almost <laughs> broke my leg. It's come up so often, so I feel like I have to ask. Was did Coach Pop have any body grooming tips? Was that part of his being prepared mantra? Not that I'm aware of. I wouldn't put it past him, <laughs> but mm. I wasn't actively coached in that department by him. So that means you were good in that department. I think you could go back to some of the basketball philosophies and apply them to body grooming. Don't skip steps. Always move forward. <laughs> Don't skip. Don't steps. skip steps. <laughs> That's right. I have to say, during our starters days, we had a pick 'em payoff where Lee had to we shit we we made him wax his chest. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Matt? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we it was one of the we, most weirdly satisfying things to watch on our show. I, I found like it was very very satisfying to see the hair just disappear and have like a completely clean. Maybe it was a clean freak in me. I just really found it i didn't enjoy watching it but i did find it satisfying as the hair was going away so is it was it like steve carell and the 40 year old virgin that's what we were hoping for but he enjoyed it it was like he was getting a massage (laughs) that's sick too stoic i tried the nose hair thing you ever tried that Mm. oh yeah uh the the wax yeah there's these like little wax pellets and you melt Mm -hmm. them in the microwave and you put like this like little stick and then you put it up your nose and it all hardens and then you rip it out and it pulls all your nose hair out. Unbelievable. I'm like, I, I don't, how did I breathe before this? Like I could I, breathe. It was, what a, what a great invention. Whoever came up with that. And I'm not even sponsored by him or anything, but you know, oh, you're not sponsored by the hair nose wax company. <laughs> no, That's I should be. Maybe I'll get one after this. I'll be their spokesperson. Okay. JD, you, you were saying that you don't, uh, shave or trim anything but didn't don't you do that for your ears too don't you do that, that? Sorry, yeah that is what i i have hair growing out of my ears it's disgusting and i do my i got a little mono brow sometimes a little anthony davis going uh so that gets waxed i go to a place to get it done and i have had the nostril done and uh i've heard people say it hurts it's one of the more satisfying things in my i love it i love having it done i love walking out of there all trimmed up. I'd much rather have the wax, the rip out, than the plucking of the eyebrows. I, I, yeah, 
But yeah, the the ears especially, I hate it so much. Like I hate having hair there so much. And what do you do about it? it? Out, I'm, yeah, I wax them. I wax. Get. I go to a place like it's a. It's a. You get a pedicure and you get. And I go, hey, by the way, could you do my ears? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm so I I'm so embarrassed about it, but also and I I go there often enough. And they're like, yeah, yeah. You want to you want us to do your ears too? I'm like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> Most people are trying to get wax out of their ears. I know. Where do you, but where do you go to get your ears waxed? Like, I've never seen it advertised like, hey, do you have hairy yeah, ears? Yeah, exactly. Come here. Look, two, for, <laughs> two for one. We'll charge you for one ear. And we'll nail it's off the menu. At a nail salon? If you see waxing, yeah, at a nail salon. So it's a, it's a nail salon, and it'll say waxing underneath. They'll wax anything, Matt. Anything at all. I mean, I haven't tested the limits on that, but but they, the, if you just point at something they, and say, "Could you get rid of this?" They'll do it. Huh. I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll try anything once. Yeah, once you're done your sandwich, hits the hit the streets of Sacramento and, and uh, <laughs> try to get that taken care of. Okay, Patrick K asks, multi-step handshakes are they good? Oh, I mean, only if you're playing a sport. That's the only setting where that makes sense. If if you're grown up, like. You know, come on. It's like it's like if you right. see a grown up with like a Pikachu backpack. <laughs> you walk the other way. <laughs> so, you, so you never had a buddy that you had like some elaborate handshake with uh, when you would see them not on the court? No. What defines an elaborate handshake to you? Yeah. Is it anything above just a, a sturdy shake? You got the boom, boom, boom. Anything more than three steps. You got the you got the shake, this, and then you kind of slide off yeah. and do the snap thing. I, that's yeah. the limit. That's the limit. Anything beyond that, more elaborate, is you know out of bounds in my opinion. Were you part of any elaborate handshakes in the NBA? I was part of creative handshakes, but not elaborate handshakes. Okay, what's the difference to you? Like me and Patty Mills had a thing where. We acted like we shaked each other's hands, but we didn't actually, our hands never actually touched. It's like a fake handshake. And I have no idea. I can't even, I can't remember why we started doing that or why we thought it was funny. But like, (laughs) like that, like sports, especially professional sports, it's, it's not so much that you're superstitious, but like your routines are superstitious. Like people do the same thing every game day and that was one of the steps before the game started. Me and Patty would do a fake handshake. And like if if we didn't do that before a game, you just felt off. And if right. anything bad happened in your head, it's like, oh, because we forgot to do that. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, you know how you like, you know, you're doing two lines of layups. You lay it in, you run mm-hmm. into the rebounding line, and you kind of slap five to people. He used to do it twice. Two slaps every time. Really? Huh. Yeah. And that was like his thing. And like any time you gave him five, he'd hit you twice. Was he doing it twice to make up for the handshake that you uh, you weren't doing with Patty Mills? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He was getting it back, getting it back to zero. No, he, he did it with everybody. But like, my point is like, guys have the routine. I, I had handshake routines with probably most of the people on the team, but they weren't like, you know. You know, it was this whole thing. It was just something like for me and Patty, it was that. With Lamarcus, it was twice. Uh, maybe it was with me and Dwan Blair. It was a chest bump. We do a chest bump. Like, 
you just have that routine and you stick with it. And if you don't do it, it doesn't feel right. But I like once we're once not, you know, me and Dewan Blair retired, got kids. I'm not seeing him and running on the street and giving him <laughs> a chest bump. Like I'm not giving Daddy Mills a fake handshake now. Like that that was on on the court. You were ahead of your time because if you see Patty Mills now and like in the pan, post pandemic era, the the not touching handshake is is like in vogue now. That's true. That is. We're visionaries. <laughs> um, I think these are good. I just I guess my one rule is you you're limited to one spin around, more than one spin around, and, I, and I'm out. And when legs are involved, I don't like that either. You know, when you start tapping. <laughs> ankles or something like that wow <laughs> but as as long as it stays above the waist anything can, below the belt is off limits. Yeah, yeah like I, I don't know like when you're in when you're in college it's okay and, and i will say there's i can't think off the top of my head but i you know you see it in movies where like two guys in the movie will have like some cool handshake that's kind of witty yeah. and i'm like oh that was cool yeah. But what, you know, <laughs> those guys, those like, guys are good friends. Like once you're in like your thirties and you have a family, um, I, I don't know. It's, it, it it gets a little weird to me. All right, last one. Daniel P asks. Oh, it's funny that his last name is P. He asks cup holders <laughs> at the urinal. Are they good? Oh, I'm taking that to Shark Tank. How has no one done this? <laughs> well, you haven't seen them before? They have them in movie theaters? Like I've never. Uh, I have to balance my drink. Either. I have to balance my drink on, on top of the thing that flushes. And like, hope oh, no, don't do that. Or shake. What, what are you supposed to do with it? Well, you, okay, so you've never done the put it in your mouth version? Like, you know, if it's a <laughs> cup, you put the, the corner of the cup in your mouth? Yeah, but usually it's not a, it's like a glass. I'm not doing that with a glass. <laughs> He's got a martini glass. Wait, what, what shoved into your cheeks? Where are you that you're taking a glass into a restaurant, a public restaurant? Uh, like? Any gala banquet? Um, <laughs> gala. <laughs> when you're in the NBA, there's a lot of like charity galas you have to go to, and I so what happens is there's what happens. Like they do, they have you know some speaking you know, support our cause, whatever. And then it devolves into like uh, a band or it's almost like kind of like a wedding, but not as much yeah. dancing. So there's like a band playing and everybody's kind of mingling. Maybe there's a silent auction and you got a, you got a beer or a glass of wine in your hand and you got to go to the bathroom. You go in the bathroom and it's like, Oh crap, I brought my drink with me. I should have left it out. I should have finished it or left it out. But now it's in my hand, and now you got to figure out what to do with it. Right. And I've not seen cup holders. To the Spurs arena, you got to add them. I'm sure you know whoever's in charge of that. You know, you know bathroom ameliorations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, it, if it's me and I accidentally walk into a restroom with a pint of beer in my hand, that's the end of the beer. That's it. I put it down, and I'm ne I'm not going back to it. Like it's just really. Uh, I'm surprised. I yeah, because there is no unless there's a cup holder. Even if there was a cup holder, I would feel weird about it. There are so what do you do with it? You just dump it into the toilet or something? I will just uh, I will it? pretend to set it down. 
<laughs> no, I'll set it down as though I'm coming back to it, and then I'll just pretend to forget about it, and I'll walk out and go get myself. A oh, you can't do that. Th- this is crazy. This is crazy. I can't believe that. And you're also someone that hates it when we leave a table and there's a bunch of uh, like fallen soldiers. You know, yeah, a bunch oh, of that's true. Oh, I hate drunk that. Beers on the table, that's and yet that too. You're throwing them out willy nilly. That's a problem in my house, and and not beer, but like water bottles of water. Drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, no yeah. one in my family finishes yeah. the whole bottle of water. There's like half-drank bottles of water everywhere. And then no one knows whose is whose. Cut. You got to dump them it off, out. Bonner. It's Just, so wasteful. You got to cut them off. Cut them off the water. I know you live in Texas, but come on. You got to yeah. draw the line. Well, I, I buy those little, the little ones. I buy the little eight-ounce <laughs> bottles. And then they complain. Like, oh, like why we got the little bottles of water? Because <laughs> like, no one finishes the big ones. Well, why don't you just buy them a Nalgene each, and then there's different colors so you don't get them confused, and then you're not buying the bottles. We, we've tried it. We've tried Sharpies, initial on the top. It, it just uh-huh. never keeps up. They they skip steps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need you need to uh, get Pop to move in for like a year or something. Honestly, that would be a good TV show. I, I would watch. I would watch that. <laughs> that would be so you, you never saw a half-empty... A vessel of liquid in the Spurs locker room. He would, it's like that. What, what's the show like? The Super Nanny, but it's Coach Pop comes. Yeah, exactly. And like sets your kids straight. If Coach Pop lived in my, uh, you know, five hundred square foot apartment in Los Angeles, he'd come in within a week. I'd be making my bed every morning. Within a week, closet, within which like to me is day. the funniest thing because within a day. Uh, yeah, I'd have like the same pair of jeans I wear every day and one of the three t-shirts I wear. But sure, if it makes you happy, Pop, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm backing into my spots. I'm You're not texting ex-girlfriends. You're not texting ex he's just doom swats the phone right out of your hand. <laughs> I, I think I think we got a show idea here. Um all right, Bonner, the last segment of the show is called Subjective Trivia. <laughs> Just like regular trivia, except only I know the answer. So I have my answer written on this card here, just so you know I'm not lying. And uh, this one requires you to be looking at something. So the question is, you have red hair. I have red hair. Though truly I have strawberry blonde hair, but that's a story for a different time. (laughs) Who is the best male cartoon redhead? So if you're just listening from left to right here, you have Archie, Kyle from South Park, Alfred E. Newman, Mad Magazine, Fry from Futurama, and Quasimodo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. So, Matt Bonner, who is the best male cartoon redhead? You could tell me just who you think it is. You could try to get in my head and think what I think it is. You could talk it over with JD, but uh, have at it. Alfred E. Newman. Not even close. Mm. Legend. And maybe it's (laughs) because... I grew up, I'm like the last of Gen X, so I kind of remember Mad Magazine, and, you know, I'd buy it once in a while, and it was always Alfred E. Newman and, you know, some different get-up on the cover every single time, and it was like, it was like Sports Illustrated for Kids, Mad Magazine, uh, A Boy's Life, I don't know if you remember that magazine, Uh, and... No offense to any of these other characters, but that's just a legend right there. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, thank you for not insulting. Thank you for not insulting Quasimodo. Oh. JD, where, where do you Okay, so you Bonner, just so, just so we're clear here, this is what Matt 
thinks is the best redhead. And I have a question, Matt. Yes. What do you define best? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I thought I was gonna put coolest. I don't know. Okay. I, it's best in. <sighs> I can't explain it. Okay, so just this the best. Is, yeah, just the best. Huh. Well, I mean, I, Bonner, I, Alfred E. Newman, I'm a huge fan. I subscribed to the Mad Magazine growing up. My kid still subscribes to Mad Magazine. It still exists? It's discontinued. Well, it, it, it discontinued a couple of years ago, but they they just re-release it with old articles in it. Yeah, you'd actually probably love it because it's all like all throwbacks and stuff. Um, what, so when they do spoofs of like TV shows and oh, stuff, he's like, yeah, it's he's like, like Golden Girls. Dad, yeah, like yeah. what's designing women, Dad? <laughs> yeah, what's no, Mash? Yeah, that's exactly exactly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna go with Alfred E. Newman as well because I'm such a huge fan. I I have no idea how you're defining best or coolest. Yeah, I don't either. None well, of them I'll are explain cool. it in a second. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. So we're. It sounds like we're both going we're with both going Alfred, Alfred E. Newman. Newman. Okay. So you'll be happy to know that I I had an arrow down between two people. Okay. One of those two people was Alfred E. Newman, but unfortunately, and I don't even like my answer. But my answer. <laughs> Is Archie, and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you why. He's the most quintessential redhead. I would say cartoon or in real life. Mm. I mean, you have Prince Harry, but like if someone is thinking a redhead, they're thinking Archie, which to me means we have to be well represented. Alfred E. Newman. That is not true. What What do you mean that's not true? That's not who they're thinking of. Who are they thinking of you? Because you played professional basketball? Richie, no, 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 no. They're thinking Richie Cunningham. Okay, interesting. Uh, they're, th- they're thinking Ron Howard. They're thinking, oh, I get called Opie. Ah. Richie Cunningham. Wow. Um, both characters played by, by Ron Howard. So that's the, that's the quintessential redhead. I don't know if, you, if your just barometer is off, but if you think that when someone says redhead in the year 2022 – that they're thinking of Ron Howard from a show that aired 50 years ago. But you're saying... They're not thinking Archie. of a cartoon comic <laughs> They are 60 years ago. Look, Riverdale. No, they're Riverdale's not. Riverdale, I've never seen it, but I know it's a very hot TV show. I mean, maybe it's over now, but it was super popular. Yeah. Though, you know what? I looked it up because I was curious when I was writing this out. You know the actor that played Archie in the live-action Riverdale does not have red hair? Like, on the show, he has red hair, but it's not naturally wow. red. Wow. Yeah, can you believe that? It's In red- this day and age, I can't believe it. I know. It's, that's that's messed up. It's right. Can it's I, like finding out Rachel uh, Brosnahan's not Jewish on Mrs. Maisel. Wait it's, a minute. She isn't? I know. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> I Can I tell you this? I did not realize that Archie was a redhead until you pointed it out to me just now. I just didn't even think about it. What? Who am I talking to? Everyone know, knows Archie I, has red hair. Archie I has know red that hair. now. Yeah, I can see. Just it, like but... Betty, uh, uh, no, yeah, Betty has blonde hair. Veronica has black uh, hair yeah. or brown hair. Yeah, no, yeah. black hair. Yeah, black. Anyways, there's a lot of great female cartoon characters that have red hair. Um, Wilma has red hair. Sure. Yeah, Wilma. Yeah. Um, uh, from uh, Snoopy, not Snoopy. Sorry, uh, Scooby Doo. Uh, oh, uh, what's her name? Not Velma. The other one. Daphne. Well, Daphne. Daphne yeah, has yeah. red hair. Uh, the Little Mermaid has red hair. Yes. But yeah. there's no respect for redheads in society. Would you agree with, with that, the, Matt? The Bonner? girl from the the movie Brave. 
yeah. from Brave, mm-hmm. the Disney yeah. movie Brave. She has red yeah. hair, and she was brave. Yeah. But Alfred Newman, he's just a jester, and I, I love Mad, Mad Magazine too. But I don't know. It's when, like Carrot just... Top, right? Well, yeah. Maybe I should have put most iconic redhead. Mm. That we would have still disagreed, but yes. then maybe. But hey, that's just subjective trivia. That's how the cookie crumbles. Um, Matt, where can people find you? On the internet or on the television? Well, if you have Valley Sports Southwest, you can catch me on the Spurs <laughs> broadcast. So it's, it's, uh, the, it's the local if you broadcast. Don't, if you don't, just leave me alone. <laughs> okay, you don't want anyone following you. I'm like, I'm like the anti-promoter. Like, don't look for me. Don't try to find me. No, uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And I, I have a blue check that I didn't pay for. So I don't know if that's going to continue or not. Uh-huh. We'll see. We'll see. And I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing the local broadcast for the Spurs. And I pop on and, and do some stuff in Toronto here and there. So people in Toronto might be able to find me once in a while doing some stuff up there. But uh, but that's about it. I love I love I told you I, I made the greatest pro- lifestyle choice for, for professional my profession. I, I work three or four nights a week. I get the off season off. I do freelance stuff, side stuff um, like this, stuff like this. So you okay? You just so you know, we're not we're not paying around. you for this. Just so you know. Wait, what? <laughs> this interview's over. See you guys. I'll buy you that. I'll buy you that sandwich in the background. <laughs> well, Matt, thanks for coming on. If you are listening and you have topics, uh, send them to me at isthisgoodpod at gmail.com. Remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Matt, honestly, thanks so much for coming. So good to see you guys. I, I couldn't think of the last time I had seen you, but it's great to see your face. And for everyone else, I'm Matt Austin, and this was good. We'll see you next week. I'm Eddie.